As Earth Keepers, we hold wisdom about our planet within our bodies learned through lifetimes of experience on Earth and throughout the cosmos. I'm Amy Dempster, a shamanic practitioner and your host for the Earth Keepers podcast, and I'm on a journey to reconnect with my soul family, the other Earth Keepers, grid workers, portal tenders, land stewards, and nature lovers around the world. On this podcast, you won't find gurus or dogma, just a safe space where I share personal stories from my spiritual journey. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Earth Keepers podcast. This week, I'll be sucking you into the vortex, or maybe it would be better to say, won't you step into this portal with me? Because we are talking all about portals this week. Portals are hands down the number one thing people ask me about. But am I an expert on portals? I have no idea. I don't even know what I don't know about portals, so I don't really know how much I know. But here's what I do know. In this lifetime, I've been working with portals for the past two years after being asked to open seven portals on the land where I live. Some of my other multidimensional selves also work with them. In fact, when three Stargate portals were opened on the land here where I live earlier this year, I asked one of the spirits of the land to tell me about them. He just shrugged and said, how would I know? You're the one who put them there. So I guess you could say I've been working with portals across space and time for many lifetimes. And yet my human understanding is limited to my human body, at least for now. Most people find their way to me when trying to learn more about portals, either by finding the very long story on my blog about how I opened those portals on the land here, and the hilarity that ensued while trying to figure out how they worked, or by reading the ebook I wrote with my friend Amr about how to work with portals. She was staying here with me when I opened them, and we figured it all out together. But I've learned a whole lot more about them in the last two years, and thought I'd catch you up with the latest and greatest my human brain has come to understand, at least until this moment in time. Before we do that, I do want to go back, though, to Thanksgiving weekend 2018. My husband and I were visiting my brother and his family in Atlanta, and while we were there, we took a day to meet up and go for a hike with another energy worker I'd met through my blog. She suggested we visit Stone Mountain. I did a quick search online and learned of its infamous history, which I suggest you look up if you're not familiar with this landmark, because that is a whole other story. We hiked up the mountain and back, but were more anxious to wander around in the adjoining forested areas. Rumors of vortex energy had us intrigued. So we wandered in circles, feeling into the energy, talking with the trees, and enjoying the beautiful fall colors. until. We walked into an area where I very clearly heard stop in my head. So I stopped, listened, but no message came through. So I kept walking. Don't go, I heard. So I stopped again, but then nothing again. As we walked a bit further down the trail, the voice in my head shouted again, come back. 
so there was definitely somebody trying to get my attention. I turned around and walked back to where I'd first heard the message. I had the distinct feeling that I needed to scamper down the hill to the creek down below. I really try to be very respectful about staying on trail in public parks, which the spirits don't really understand. But after a few minutes of waiting to receive a message and only really getting that I needed to go down by the creek, I decided to venture off trail and see what was so urgent. When I got down there, they showed me. It was a small spinning circle of energy with a lid on top. Like the energy couldn't extend up to the earth plane because it had been restricted. They wanted me to take the lid off and open up this portal. Whoa, what? Me? Open a portal? Yeah, I don't think so, guys. That does not seem safe. I don't know how to do that. Please, they said. We need this portal to be reopened. Okay, well, who closed it? I asked them. There must have been a good reason for this lid. The spirit said that there had been a good reason for it to be closed at some point in the past, but now they really needed it to be functional again. I went through a bit of a checklist double-checking with my guides, asking the keeper of the land about it, feeling into how the energy felt. Everything checked out. It seemed like this was an okay thing for me to do. Just one more thing I asked them. Who is in charge of this portal? I don't want to open this thing and just walk away. Someone needs to be in charge here. And a guardian stepped forward to claim responsibility. Side note, for someone who'd never opened a portal before, how did I know to ask these questions? This is what I mean about other versions of myself already doing this work. Somewhere in my body, I already knew, even though my logical mind was saying, what are you doing? You don't know how to open a portal. So intuitively, I just kind of moved my hands around in a way that felt right, took the lid off the portal, and got the energy flowing properly again. The spirit seemed very excited and I scrambled back up the hill to the trail to find my husband and friend waiting and wondering what all the fuss had been about. I told them they just wanted me to open a portal, I guess. Pretty sure my friends and family are used to me saying things like this by now, even when it sounds weird to me. Anyhow, I figured this was a one-off thing until a few weeks later. There was a spot on my property that had been making itself known to me since we'd moved in over a year before but I couldn't figure out why. It would show itself to me in my meditations. I could feel the energy present when I stood there, but I couldn't get any information about it. Sometimes I would go stand there and just say, what? But just like in Georgia, there was never a reply until I returned from that trip. All of a sudden, it was showing itself to me in my mind's eye and then said, find a large amethyst and bring it here. So I did as I was told. A week or so later, on the winter solstice, I went out to this spot to do a small ceremony. I took a candle and my little singing bowl and collected the amethyst that I'd left out there the week before. As soon as I stood in that spot where I'd been feeling something energetically for the past year and a half, I felt really woozy. Something was definitely up. I lit the candle, I closed my eyes, and I called my guides to join me. Then I took a deep breath and suddenly received the message. It was time to open a portal. Now. Right now, I asked? Yes, do it now. 
Uh, is that safe? Am I going to be overrun with spirits with an open portal? I'm not sure I know what I'm doing. It's safe. Just do it, they told me. Everything after that just flowed. I reached my hands to the sky, allowed universal energy to flow down into me, and then knelt on the ground to send it into the earth. Instructions came in piece by piece, and I just followed along. And then suddenly I was inside of it, weightless. It was a golden yellow color, and other beings were just kind of floating past and around me. My guide then had me merge with the portal and informed me that each portal has a gatekeeper, and I'm in charge of this one. I get to decide what comes and goes in this space. It's my home. And then just as quickly as it had begun, it ended. I was back on the land, standing under the tall trees, wondering what exactly had just happened. Somehow, I didn't feel comfortable just walking away and leaving it there, open. So I recited Sandra Walter's gatekeeper decree, asked a bit of my higher self to stay behind and keep an eye on things, and concluded the ceremony. I was instructed to return before dark to collect the candle after it burned out and recite the decree one more time, which I did. At that moment, I knew everything was about to change. I just didn't know how. The next six weeks or so were quite the adventure. You can read the entire story on my blog, which I'll link in the show notes. But one by one, a total of seven portals were open here, and they're still here today, doing their thing, almost exactly two years later. Now that you have the backstory, let's get into some of the basics about portals. First, what even is a portal? It's basically a swirling tube of interdimensional energy that connects one place in time to another place in time. I guess you could think of it a little bit like a time machine. You put your consciousness into the portal by way of meditation or shamanic journey and travel to your destination. There are many doors inside the portal, and each one will deliver you to a different place. I like to think of a vortex like an interstate and a portal like the exit ramp. You travel in a vortex and you get out of the vortex by way of a portal door. Every portal is different. The vibration and frequency it's attuned to, who you can connect with and where you can go. However, one of the things that's been happening in recent years is that portals that were previously connected to one particular group of beings are now being opened up for use by other beings. It's part of the Earth's ascension process. As our collective vibration raises and the Earth reconnects with the rest of the universe that it's been closed off from for a millennia, interplanetary travel seems to be more accessible. On the land here, the purpose of so many different portals opening was that so beings could start using each other's portals. Sometimes it feels a little bit like the United Nations around here with so many different energies coming and going. However, these kinds of portals are not the only kind of portals that exist. And I want to talk about this a bit because I feel like this information can be confusing and sometimes hard to find when people are searching online for answers. The portals on the land like this are typically found in much more natural type places. They're in areas where they won't be easily disturbed. And it's not often that I find these types of portals in houses or busy city areas. In the past year, I've come across two really beautiful portals while doing property readings for other people. The first one isn't far from where I live, here in Montana, 
on a very large parcel of land that was connected to a kind of galactic council. This portal was needed for very important work in the universe, and it was important that it wasn't disrupted. The spirits there were very active participants in selecting the next human steward of the land and were vetting potential buyers of the property. They had a lot of opinions and would be inviting the buyer to join them on their council. So it was very important for them to get just the right human. The other one I came across was in Colorado, also on a very large parcel of land. And some of the energies that were using it had accidentally caused some big problems for a neighboring home. It was a portal that was well known by the indigenous tribes in the area who would travel to this spot annually to connect with the energies there. Most people ask me how to find these portals or how to know if they have found them, and I don't have a hard and fast answer for that. The first thing to do, though, is to pause and feel into the energy. It may be subtle, but if you close your eyes and ground your energy, your body will start to naturally move in a circular fashion, pulsing with the energy. You can also look at the trees in the vicinity. Are they twisted or toppling over in an unusual way? Is there a circular area with no trees, even though there are trees everywhere else? Those are just some of the possible signs. You can also always tune into the energies there and ask, is this a portal? Or maybe a vortex where energy is flowing through. As with many other interactions with the spirits of the land, the more often they see you or the more they get to know you, the more likely they are to trust you and share this information with you. Many of these portals are functioning perfectly fine on their own. They have spirits and energies who tend them and will usually happily interact with you if you let them know that you're interested. The next kind of portal that people most commonly ask about are portals in homes that are causing problems usually by letting lower vibration energies come and go as they please. There are a variety of ways these portals get opened, sometimes on purpose and sometimes somewhat accidentally. In my understanding, vortex and portal energy is neither positive or negative. That idea is really connected to duality. The energy just is. All manner of things can move around through space and time using these energetic superhighways. However, portal doors each have a particular frequency, and a being has to vibrate with that frequency or higher in order to open the door and step through. So if you have a portal that's being used by beings that you find less than desirable, you have two options, close the portal or increase its frequency. The reason so many of these lower vibe portals exist in houses is that they're caused by a sustained buildup and focus on that frequency. So if they were opened on purpose at that frequency, it's because there was someone who lived there who most likely was either playing around with energy without an understanding of what they were doing, or absolutely knew what they were doing and wanted to connect with that frequency. We're in the category of Ouija boards, black magic, that kind of thing. Again, none of it is inherently good or bad, but depending on the person doing it and their intentions, these are the kinds of consequences that can result. The opposite is also true. High vibe portals can open where there is a sustained concentration of higher vibe frequencies. That's how the portals open on the land here. 
After doing the work I was doing with the land for a year and a half, it was a good and safe place for these energies to use for their work, and so they asked for them to be opened. Now, portals can open somewhat spontaneously, but also require the same concentration of energy. If someone is in an extremely dark place for an extended period of time, it could be a strong enough frequency to open a portal that matches that frequency. But I don't want you spending a ton of time worrying about this. This doesn't happen very often, and it's kind of like a perfect storm when it does. In a minute, I'll tell you what to do if you think you're dealing with this situation. Now, the third kind of portal that I have encountered quite a few times is when there's either a portal attached to a person or a person is a portal. Now, this isn't totally my area of expertise, but since so many people who are experiencing this find their way to my website when searching for information about portals, I've talked with many of them and have found some similarities. First, when there's a portal attached to a person, it is almost identical to a portal in a house. Depending on its frequency, it's allowing energies to come and go that could be causing significant physical or emotional problems for the person. The first time I encountered this was with another energy worker who was having attachment spirits show up every few days. She would have somebody help her move them, and then another one would be there a couple of days later. This seemed highly unusual to me. I walked her through her typical process for protecting her energy and releasing energy after sessions, and everything seemed okay. So how could she be getting all of these attachments? When I scanned her energy field, I could see a portal attached to her foot. I'd never seen that before, and double and triple checked with my guides that I was seeing and understanding the situation correctly. But that's exactly what it was. And that's why attachments would be removed and then more would come just right through the portal. However, when I asked my guides about closing it, I was told that she was the one who had to close it for herself. It had opened up when she was in a difficult relationship and years of extreme lower vibe energy had built up. Around the time that the portal had opened, she started having debilitating and unexplained leg pain that led to years of pain medications to manage, which also wasn't helping with her overall frequency. But literally the day after she closed the portal, her leg felt better than it had in years. But this is what I mean by a perfect storm. It's not usually one thing. It's a multitude of situations that pile up over time. Since the first time I encountered a portal like that, I've talked to many, many people dealing with these portals. What I've found is that in almost every situation where someone has a portal attached to them, they are the ones who need to close it. It's part of their journey and process. And part of that process is typically working on boundaries and personal sovereignty. This may be tough to hear if you're dealing with a situation like this, but these things don't happen without your personal consent. Again, with the free will in effect on this planet. You have participated in opening these portals in some way, most likely during or as a result of trauma that you need to do some healing around. But you are a powerful being, and you can open powerful portals. It's up to you to learn how to manage your own energy body and work with the frequency. You decide who has access to your body and who doesn't. So if this is you, and you'd like some assistance working through your own personal situation, I refer anyone dealing with attachment spirits or entities or portals on their bodies to Nancy Hess at SF Spirit House, because this is her specialty, and she absolutely loves doing this work. 
So I'll link to her website in the show notes. Now, let's talk about people as portals. I've only talked to a couple of people who are having this experience, so I'm not nearly as familiar with this situation, but it's different from a portal attached to a person. In this case, instead of the portal being located in a physical location, it's located within a person and it's connected to their special gifts they've brought in this lifetime. They can work with and bring through specific energies who are coming in and out of the earth plane to do work of their own. However, their own frequency or vibration is ultra critical for all the reasons we already discussed. Energies using this human portal can merge with the person to share information or knowledge back and forth between them. Again, so long as their energies match or their frequencies match. Because they're using a person's physical body to do this, it's going to be important to have some guidelines around what type of energies you want to connect with and how and when you allow it. Just like you can have a guardian to keep watch over your house so you don't have to be hypervigilant all the time, you can ask for a guardian for your personal portal. I was also shown that you decide when this portal is open or closed by using your solar plexus as kind of an on or off switch. This is especially important when you're sleeping and it's easier for energies to engage with you. You may decide you want to close it at night or have your guardian vetting any energies who want to engage before they connect with you directly. What's interesting is that while I was writing this down for this podcast episode, my guide showed me something surprising. This isn't unique to only a handful of people. We are all portals in this way. Just like I explained in the episode about the living library, we are the keys to unlock the information on earth that other beings would like to know. So when they merge with us to unlock the door, they're literally stepping into our energy field via a portal. Isn't that cool? I just learned something new too. Okay, so now on to the question I know you're asking. How exactly do you open, close, or change the frequency of a portal? And what if I screw it up and do it wrong? Well, first of all, just know that pretty much anything can be resolved. You don't do much of anything that can't ultimately be repaired. Just don't get overwhelmed and walk away and leave it for some other unsuspecting soul to deal with. Get some help if you need to, but I promise you, you are a powerful being who can absolutely work safely with portals and resolve the issues other people left behind for you to deal with. When I was figuring out how the portals on the land here worked, we had a blizzard that disturbed my crystal grid that was holding the high-level frequency. It resulted in a kind of hole in the side of the portal that let a literal ton of earthbound spirits in here in a matter of two days before we noticed something had gone very wrong. But ultimately, I think that needed to happen so I could learn what to do when that happens. And I can't possibly cover every single detail in a podcast episode, but here are the basics you're going to want to know. And remember, there are other energies who can and will help you. Call on the keeper of the land or the guardian spirits for your house or your own personal helping spirits. They'll talk you through the specific steps for your specific situation. Now, when it comes to opening a portal, understand the purpose and why it needs to be opened. I wouldn't suggest opening one in a house ever. It will be disruptive for you, your family, your pets, and the spirits who are using. Know who is in charge of tending this portal. This is not a job to be taken lightly, and even if it is you that will be tending, 
ask for a guardian spirit to handle day-to-day security and operations, and then work with and be in communication with that spirit so you know what's going on with the energy and when your assistance is needed. You may also need a crystal or crystal grid to help hold the energy. I've used kyanite here, buried in the ground after the infamous blizzard situation, so it doesn't get disrupted again. But you can ask what's appropriate for your location. To physically open the portal, work with the spirits on the exact how. This can be done through toning or light language, focusing and directing energy through your hands, or any number of methods along with your intention. To close or move a portal, you're again going to want to work with the spirits of the land or your own helping spirits. If it's a portal that's causing issues, you want to find out if the portal is still needed by higher vibe energies. If it is, it might be better to relocate it if they agree to that and or raise the frequency so it's only being used by energies connected to the light. Closing a portal is pretty straightforward. You're going to envision it in a meditative state and literally picture it closing. Just like with opening, you can use toning or your hands to move the energy. Then you're going to want to put something on top of it to reinforce the fact that it's now closed. A heavy rock, a giant cover that you can bolt down, whatever you'd like to imagine. But you want to be very clear that it's now closed and no longer available because the energies who've been using it will continue trying to open the now locked door and you don't want to send mixed messages. If you have someone else who lives in your house who casually plays around with energy or perhaps doesn't really want that portal closed, you may have trouble keeping it closed. So make sure everyone is on the same page about closing the portal. Moving portals is tricky, and in my experience succeeds only about half the time. The spirits of the land and the portal itself have to agree to be moved, and then you have to find a nearby location that won't be disruptive. And sometimes, even when everyone agrees, they'll decide they don't really care for the new location and they'll move back to the original location. So just keep that in mind before deciding to move a portal. Raising the frequency of a portal takes a bit more time, but is a good option if you're not able to move or close a portal that's allowing lower vibe energies in and out of your house. First, you have to shift the frequency. Then you have to do some energy cleanup. The easiest way to shift the frequency is to shower this portal with love. When I had to fix the hole in one of the portals here, I printed out an image from Google Maps of the area where the portal was and laid it on top of my keyboard on my laptop. Then I put a YouTube video of the Hawaiian prayer, Ho'oponopono, on loop and left it playing very quietly for three days with the intention that the energy be directed to the portal to repair the hole and raise the vibration. That's just one suggestion. Again, you can use your imagination, but you just want to get some super happy, loving vibes going in this area because that's the frequency you want beings to align with if they're going to use this portal. As always, ask the spirits of the land for their suggestions. Once you have your frequency shifting plan underway, you'll have to turn your attention to any residual energy or entities still hanging around. It might be as simple as asking your guardians to do a sweep or two to collect anyone that doesn't belong and then do whatever clearing work you like, sacred smoke, toning, playing singing bowls, etc. 
I'll add the link in the show notes for the meditation to calling guardian spirits. By the way, this whole idea about guardian spirits came from doing the cleanup from the hole in the portal here. It was the spirit who tends that portal who suggested it. That's why it's so important to work with them and ask them what they need. Now, if you have tons of earthbound spirits to deal with, like I did, you can set up a bit of an assembly line to cross them all over. Call all of the spirits into one area, open the portal with Archangel Michael or whoever you like to work with, and have them walk into the light single file. You can leave it open for an extended period of time, like overnight, and then check back in the morning to deal with stragglers who need a bit more convincing before closing it again. Just remember, this is your house, and nobody there is more powerful than you. You have free will, and you can kick anyone out who doesn't belong. Set some boundaries for the energy that's welcome in your space, and then enforce the rules, along with the help of your guardian spirits. And if this is all leaving your head swirling, and you'd like some specific instruction in this work, come join us in the Earth Tenders Academy. I cover all of these subjects in much more detail, including boundaries with spirits, keeping your home clear with guardian spirits, working with portals, including using them for your own interdimensional travel, and helping spirits to cross over. And we don't just talk about it. I lead you through guided meditations to experience these things for yourself. It's totally doable for you. And most likely you've already done it all before in another lifetime and just need some help to remember. I'll add the link in the show notes to learn more and join. And remember, for the month of December, I'm giving everyone who joins the Earth Tenders Academy my new course, Sacred Places, as a gift. Sacred Places includes four weeks of instructions and prompts to help you immerse yourself with the energy of a sacred place in nature to unlock the secrets it holds for you. I hope to see you inside. Okay, that's all I have for you this week, and I can't wait to see you back here again next Tuesday. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Earth Keepers podcast. I'm so honored to share this journey with you. I would love it if you join me and other Earth Keepers from around the world in the Following Hawks Earth Keepers community on Facebook. To find the show notes, additional resources, or learn more about working with me, go to earthkeeperspodcast.com. Until next time, I'll see you in the multiverse.